everybody, and welcome back to Podcasts and Players. And today, uh, I have someone who I'm extremely excited to have on the show. Uh, this person, uh, another content creator, YouTuber, who makes... Uh, I, I would like to call them optimized guides. In fact, I think the series is called D&D Optimized. It's the big series. There's also a uh, talk show sort of podcast called Slide Into My DMs. Uh, you, if you've heard him, you'll recognize his voice anywhere. It is none other than, should I use your name or should I just talk about Absolutely. your job? You it can is use my full name. Full, <laughs> which you might not know. I, I I think I do from the email, but I won't. I'll just say it is Kobe from D Four D and D Deep Dives. Thank you for joining me, Kobe. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me, Shane. I'm happy to be here. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, uh, D, D, I, I originally started the the channel and called it D and D Optimized, and then about oh gosh, it was like nine months in or so. I think I kind of went. You know, a lot of people like that's a trigger word for a lot of people, right? Optimized optimization. Mm -hmm. Some yeah. people are just like, oh, I'm not an optimizer, min max. You guys ruin the game. So I'm like, maybe I should change the name to something else, <laughs> just to, just so that. So that people don't get scared away at first glance. They might get scared away after realizing that my videos are like an hour long and I just drone on and on and on. But at least, uh, you know, the title won't scare them off. The that's fair. You get you get them in, but they stay for that ASMR voice. I gotta say, that's <laughs> it is so soothing to listen to. I, do. I, I get. I, I made a short about this. Actually, I don't know if you've seen it, but a while a while back, I made a little short that went something like, um, you know, I get two of of all the comments on my videos that I get. Um, I get two more than anything. One is. This guy looks like Homelander from from the boys. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow, Homelander plays D and D, etc. Oh god. Um, and two, have you ever thought about doing ASMR? Mm -hmm. um, I, I suppose that's probably uh, now. I would add um, a third, which is either you're the Bob Ross of D&D or you're the Mr. Rogers of D&D. I get that. Aww, that's <laughs> actually really sweet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good like, oh, that's like the best compliment I could ever get. Thank you. Yeah, I um, I have to say what I admire about your channel over some others is probably the way you go about it. Because uh, for those who don't know, optimize just means making a character you know, perform the best that it can. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you are trying to break the game and make everyone else have a bad time. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. um, there are other people who make or dedicate their channels to doing like optimized builds. And I haven't really asked any of them yet because a lot of them, and no shade on anyone we may know who does <laughs> this, but it always comes off for me like, like there's a right way to play and a wrong way sure. to play. And I think sure. that's what scares people off. Um, yeah. For you, you are always very upfront with every episode about we're not telling you what's the right way to play. We just right. have a fun idea. We want to make it work. Like right. take this spell. It's not very good. But what if we made it good? Let's make yeah, a character yeah, that's yeah. all about making this spell good. And I love that right. sort of attitude. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, like when I first started the channel, it was, it was a little bit more like, okay, let's see. Everybody knows that like, if you, 
play a Hexblade Warlock and you get the Polar Master Feet and the Great Weapon Master Feet and you cast Darkness on yourself and you have advantage on <sighs> yeah. all of your attacks, then you're going to do more damage than like any other character. Or if you go Battlemaster Fighter and you take Sharpshooter Feet and you take the Crossbow Expert Feet and you use a one-handed crossbow, oh, then you're going to do more damage than the that. And so like my first few builds were a little bit like, okay, let's actually A, like figure out the most efficient or effective way to build that like sort of known archetype. Right. And then also be like, is it really like, does it really do more damage than any? Like, like let's take into account enemy armor class, you know, and what are plus to hit as, and at what level are we talking about? Are we just talking about level 20? Cause nobody plays the game at level 20. So what does it look like at level six or level yeah. nine? Or the fact that you cut it off at 17 is smart. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And even then I think if you, <laughs> if you look at the demographics of, um, and like the view time of my videos, right. I mean, I'm sure every YouTuber sees this, but you know, it starts, it starts here at the top and, you know, 80% of the people. And then as time goes on, you know, viewership drops off and drops off. And yeah, usually by the time you get to level 17 on the video, I'm at like a 30% retention rate or whatever. That's people still are just pretty like, good. Yeah, I'm not going to be, <laughs> I'm not going to be playing the game at, at level 17. Yeah. So who cares? That's fair. But yeah, but yeah, so that's kind of, you know, where it started at first, but then it wasn't very long. I was only a few episodes in that I was like, okay, if, if I'm actually going to try and come out with a character build every single week, obviously we have to do more than just like the known quote, and I'm doing air quotes here, the right. known, you know, best, uh, highest damage builds or whatever. And so I started to, to very quickly kind of branch off into sort of like you talked about, right. Where it's like, okay, I think the first one like this that I ever did was I've always had this fun concept of a character who can only do damage with spells and they have to touch the enemy, right? Like they can't be shooting lightning bolts from across the mm -hmm. battlefield, but they actually have to like touch them. So because there's something about like my actual like corporate corp corporate yeah. I should say form like something inherent innate or you know whatever about my magic that like requires the sense of touch like like rogue in x-men right something like right. that where it's like it only works if like skin on skin contact I don't know um okay like how would I build that character and could I build a character like that that was like at least competitive, like damage wise, right, or they yeah. like make them kind of viable and, and somewhat potent, right? All right, let's now. So, so we've got our parameters and we got to work within those parameters. Or, like, um, people would, excuse me, it's <laughs> people okay. would start asking, like, um, make the best like dart build that you can. Can can the dart be a good weapon? Like, could you build around this? And it'd be like, yeah, I saw hmm. that video. <laughs> yeah, that's a fun challenge. Like, yeah. let me think about that. And actually, yeah, I think if we did this and this and this and this and this, like, they could be really potent. In fact, like stronger than most of the other characters mm -hmm. I've built today. And right. that's that's always fun, right? To sort of discover, like, oh wow, like we could take this thing that was maybe commonly thought of as weak or less optimal, um, and make it like super potent. Now, admittedly, not all of my character builds do that. A lot of the times it's just like, mm, let's make the best shadow monk that we can, or, you know, right. let's do a, a tank build. That's also a wizard. 
um you know or whatever um uh, wizard but, tanks yeah. are so fun ah and way more potent than people yeah might can i can for. i confess something um yeah you are maybe notorious for your love of the blade singer yes. and i am a kindred spirit i fucking <laughs> love the blade singer it's my for favorite life. yes uh i recently just ended a campaign that i was in um where i played a uh a genasi like a fire genasi and i mm. i decided i well, i tried doing something like this i was like i could ba- i could be like blade singing and raging at the same time there's no rule mm-hmm. that you can't do that i'm like could i do that right. and i realized that w- with the way that my dm was running this i it would have been too mad i'm like ah, i can't make this work yeah 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 but what if i kept the high con i just made a con my highest stat and just you know i had enough intelligence to work but like just you know i never lost concentration on anything ever uh with a fire genasis before the uh, mom came out right uh more multiverse of monsters multiverse yeah monsters of the multiverse um i was able to using that sort of build create this really interesting sort of blade singer started off kind of weak then i found your videos <laughs> and i was like oh oh this is how you're supposed to do it and eventually uh became a very powerful character in her own right it was nice. a lot of fun to play and cemented itself as yeah. one of my favorite subclasses one of the one of the the hardest things for me to do well anytime we start a new campaign like it's always my favorite thing to be like, okay, you know, hmm, like so many options. And at this point I have a hundred and I think I just recorded my 120th episode. Right. Mm -hmm, Yeah. Um, so it's like, and I've only played five or six of them, you know? Um, and it's like, okay, which one, like, which one am I going to do? There's so many, I want to do all of them. And so it always takes me hours, literally hours and hours to just like figure out what I want to do. And if I want to tweak it at all for, for the campaign we're doing for, you know, what my other, um, companions, what my friends are playing. But then, um, but then the other really hard part is how do I not just play a blade singer? (laughs) Because I love them so much and they're so strong. Although actually I take that back. It's, it's how do I not just play another blade singer or a monk? Because that's my favorite. Like conceptually, those are my favorites. Yeah. Um, And so it's, it's always really hard to be like, okay, no, 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 no. Like we don't have any support characters. I've got this druid stars druid slash light cleric that i've been you know wanting to play and and they actually do tons of damage um but they're also a cleric and a druid so they're just innately really good support this this is the one i should do and right. you know i need to like expand my horizons but really deep down inside i just want to play blades and monks mobility fighters with magic or key yep. or some special yep. thing they can do is so yep. it's it's the funnest thing to me like I think, I think the fact that <sighs> the blade singer's just a wizard, a full caster, gets everything yeah. a wizard gets, yeah. and wizards get a yeah. lot. So it's like, not only do you get all this crazy stuff, I mean, I think Triant Monk said uh, on one of uh, his videos that, like, yeah. just be a blade singer, but then don't bla- like don't be a marshal, just yeah, be yeah, yeah. another yeah. wizard. And I'm like, right. that ruins the, I no. mean, what's the point, you yeah, know? exactly. I, I love Chris, Triant Monk. He and I have become pretty good friends mm-hmm. uh, over the year and a half or whatever, and 
people who watch my channel will know that we've done some collaboration things and and we have fun. In fact, we've been chatting on Discord uh, earlier today. But we definitely um, like we 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 <laughs> we approach character optimization from pretty different viewpoints a lot of the times. I think, which yeah. is a good thing. And I don't think that one is right and one is wrong. I tend to go. I tend to go like full in on like one thing. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, I want to make yeah. this character like as as best as I can, like for burst damage or for Nova damage yeah. or maybe sustained damage or to be a tank. So they're super survivable or whatever. And like, I'm going to, I'm going to put my blinders on and just ignore like everything, everything else. else. Yeah. And if that means I'm a glass cannon, like awesome. I love playing glass <laughs> cannons, like high risk, high reward. I Hell blow yeah. stuff up and I die easily. Like, that's great. Like mm -hmm. it makes it more fun, you know? And he tends to be a lot more like, um, I don't know, like meta, you know what I mean? Like, yes. no, the character needs to be like well-rounded, be like hard to kill, have like make their saving throws. He's famous for loving to, you know, have his characters make their saving throws. And yeah. And of course, you know, when you look at a wizard, you go, well, I mean, they're arguably the most powerful class in the game. Spellcasters in 5e, I think especially have you know, a pretty big leg up on martial characters, generally speaking. Yeah. So many things you can do, all the control, wall of force, all the fear and hypnotic pattern. Like this is what you should be using your spells for, and especially your concentration spells for, right? Is to like control the battlefield, shut enemies down. It's way more powerful than like doing a little bit more damage. And that right. is like objectively hard to argue against. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but my approach tends to be, and especially like blade singers are a perfect example. And I think I actually even commented, I made a comment on you, that video that you're did. talking about. Yeah. On this video. <laughs> you did. And, and because he was like, you know, the best blade singers are just wizards who, and, and, and blade singers nice because like, you know, you can go into your blade song and it increases your armor class and it increases your ability to make your sa your concentration saves. And then you're just a wizard and you're being a wizard. And, but you're like a, um, a harder to kill wizard with good, some good like defensive capabilities and things. And I'm like, yeah, but, but what if our approach instead <sighs> was, look, I, I love playing martial characters. I like weapon users and I like like a dexterous, um, life, you know, float like a butterfly sting, like a bee, but like hard hitting martial character. So you know, well, I could play a fighter, right? Or I could be a barbarian or a rogue, you know, and, and th those characters can be effective. But what if I played a wizard and, and, and like, would, could they be a better martial character than, than a fighter? Well, maybe like if you built them in a certain way, if you used shadow blade instead of a two handed, you know, a, a great sword or whatever, right? Man, that thing upscales like crazy at, at, as, as a third level spell, you're doing 3d8 every single swing. Once you hit Blade Singer six, you get to, you get to cast a cantrip as part of your extra attack. You know, once you get to whatever it is, level 10, level 14, I don't even remember now, you get to add your intelligence modifier to the damage that you do on every single attack. Like, and then you go, yeah, like if our focus is on being the best martial character, that we can possibly be and 
bonus points. You're a freaking wizard. And so if you need to throw out a fireball, you can, if you want to, you know, if, if you want to put up a wall of force or, you know, use Misty Step a million times a day, have the spell shield, absorb elements, like all these things. Suddenly it's like, yeah, like they can be the best martial character in the game. And so maybe like objectively they would be more powerful. I'm doing air quotes again, here. <laughs> if you just kind of focused on being a wizard's wizard mm -hmm. um, that just had better defensive abilities. But, but man, if you wanted to, if you wanted, if you love martial characters, like they might be the best martial character in the game and have all of the cool benefits of being a wizard too, you know? Yeah. I, I've... So sorry. That was my, that was my, that was my blade singer. <laughs> soapbox no worries i'm i feel very similarly um and i think you're right like treat monk takes a different approach but it's not wrong uh, my first mm -hmm. wizard character that i made for 5e um was for uh when i played curse of strahd and i needed help because i was like well because of reasons uh i was playing a necromancer and i couldn't really use the uh sixth level like feature of anime dead yeah. In, in the world, according to um, uh, my DM, I, he's like, oh, well, Strahd the vampire will just take control of any undead you make. So it won't work. And so basically, because I, like I, I, I hate necromancers. <laughs> oh, no. Well, so, I don't, so basically, sorry, sorry, I'm sorry. like, well, what do that's I, a different argument. I don't hate necromancers. I, I'll tell you I, why I said that. Later. Yeah, but I, I think I understand where you're coming from, because they can make a bit of a nightmare when you're managing all these yeah. different things and the run around and they can yeah. be very swing or miss like they could decimate yes. an encounter or they could all just be obliterated yes. in one go in Worthless. fact exactly in fact i should mention i literally watched a video that treat monk released today about the dread necromancer yeah, yeah. And he said yeah. all of that stuff yeah yeah, yeah um, totally but i uh i was like well Eventually, I was given a different, like an alternative thing to do for level six. So that was fine. But at the time, I was like, how am I going to make my character good? Uh, and so mm -hmm. I found uh, and this was back in like in 2017. So I think Triot Monk wasn't on really YouTube at this point, but he no, was he was so. making guides on like Reddit yes, and stuff. Um, yeah. Reddit. Um, so people or or um, Giants in the Playground. Is that what? Yeah. Uh, Giants what Playground. It's called. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and his guide, uh, Triot Monk. Treat Monk's guide to the God Wizard was mm -hmm. very him, just very like. Yeah. yeah, he got famous on that one, I think. Yeah, and that helped me. Um, so, like, I, tons of respect to him. Uh, but I think if I'm looking for survivability, I would go mm -hmm. look at it from like his angle of like, how do I make something yeah. well rounded, make their saves, and all that stuff. If I'm looking for like gimmicky and fun, you're yeah. my guy. <laughs> I go to your videos. I'm like, I want to do something. I got, silly. I got gimmicky and fun in spades. Yeah, that's for sure. And 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 you know, I'll, I'll often find myself saying, you know, during the course of the video, like, look, I'm not necessarily recommending that you do this. Um, you might want to take the smart route and take resilient wisdom as your feet here so that you can actually make your saving throws or, you know, whatever. Um, but I always like to say in, you know, in the interest of exploring what's possible, like, let's just like, let's just stretch this thing to the nines, right? Just to see how much damage could we actually get out of this? It might not be the smartest way to build or play this character, but it's fun to 
explore what's possible. Yeah. Um, and then, and then you can decide, you know, when and how to scale it back in the, in the name of, you know, being more well-rounded or being able to hold on to your concentration or whatever. Yeah. I, I, I've been playing since, you know, 5e came out and I'm at a point where a normal character isn't interesting enough anymore. I need the gimmicks. Yeah. I need the fun. Now <laughs> you want to be a loaf of bread that's carried by a perpetual mage hand spell. That's my character. Yeah, or none something. Of this, none of this elf uh, ranger that's a beast master that has a wolf pet and shoots stuff with a bow. <laughs> I, like also i would say a lot of your builds work very well for one shots because you just start at yes. a level and because you only have yeah. a small window to make an impression you might as well make it a fun one exactly and you know go out in a blaze of glory because you know if, if you if you have a glass cannon and he dies eh, it's a one shot it's a one shot exactly. I, and and it also i think there's plenty of ones in there that 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 are so gimmicky that they could be a lot of fun in a one shot, but they both might get a little boring after a few after a few rounds or a few sessions. Or um like the DM would just be like, okay, I like I, I have to shut this down because it's too it's too strong yeah. and it's weird. You know what I mean? <laughs> like for example, I did one, one of my favorites that I've done still today. It was called the Thornlock. I don't know if you ever saw that, but I like the concept was I want to pile on everything that I can that like returns damage when I get hit. Oh yeah. So I was taking like fire shield, armor of Agathis, like I don't even remember just like everything that I could find. Right. That was just like, right. and, and what I do, I don't, I never make attacks. I just run up to you and grapple you and, and try to make you hit me. And, and when you do, you take damage from like 15 different sources. And so it's like, you know, it's funny and fun and actually works really, really well if you can get buy-in from your DM, right? And, and, and be like, look, DM, I like, this is my character concept. I'm not going to make attacks. So if enemies don't hit me, uh, my character is worthless. So are you willing to work with me on this? Right. Yeah. And like, let me play this way where I run up and grapple somebody and, and then they try to hit me. Right. Um, and again, funny and actually powerful. They did like among the, they were among the higher damage dealing characters that I've ever built. Right. Um, but I can see after, a couple of episodes or a couple of combat encounters, you know what I mean? The mm -hmm. DM being like, okay, like, yeah. no, this monster's too smart. They're not going to hit you anymore. And now your character's worthless. Yeah. Or, you know, or I had one that was, um, oh gosh. Oh yeah. The, the, the grapple fly drop. So many people are like, what if you built a character that would grapple fly somebody up into the air and drop them for, you know, massive damage. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, you could, like, if you build it right and you get a lot of move speed on them and they can fly and they've got good grapple checks and all those kinds of things, it actually could work really well and you could do quite a bit of damage to them. But like, 
how how effective is it really going to be? Yeah. Right? Are you always going to be outside when you're when you're having combat? Right. Like, what if you're doing a dungeon crawl? What if you're in a tavern? Like, this really only works in very specific situations. So great for a one shot, lots of fun. But you know, if you tried to do that for an entire campaign outside of maybe. I don't know, Storm King's Thunder or something like that, right? That was primarily outdoors. It's like, this really just kind of stops working very well. <laughs> Honestly, it feels... So anyway. No, nah, it feels like that you're... Kind of what you do is you stress test the system. Uh, you are going for yeah. one specific thing just to see how far yeah. you can take it. And I think what uh, like an average player that isn't trying to be crazy with it can take away are unique ways to think about strategies yeah. in combat because yeah. like that's actually a really good tactic to fly grapple drop from a high height but yeah, yeah you're not going to do that more than once maybe twice a whole campaign probably because right. a lot of right. the combats are going to be in dungeons and stuff so it's not going to yeah. work um yeah. i actually built a character in the i don't know if you've heard of star wars 5e uh it's like a fan-made uh twist Ooh. on 5e that's got star wars stuff in it and sure uh, I, I have a, not, though I have played, um, what's the Star Wars GTRPG, Edge of the Empire? Uh, Edge of the Empire, and then they had like two more that have different names, but it's all the same system. Okay. Yeah, uh, I've, I've, I've played, played that. that. We did too. that for a few months. It was it was pretty fun. I mean, who doesn't want to be a Jedi, right? Right. Um, well, I don't really, usually. Oh, I do. Um, <laughs> it's too, too I many Jedis. So I'm... I'm <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. sick of all the force I'm, users the running I'm, around. I'm, I'm like, I thought I'm, we were I'm, rare. I'm a walking cliche. Like, I, my favorite race is elf. My favorite monster is a dragon. Uh, <laughs> if I'm playing Star Wars, I'm going to freaking be a Jedi. Get out of here with your smuggler garbage. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> well, I, I played uh, five, uh, Star Wars 5e with some friends, and I it's fan made so like whoever made this has a ton of options like all the races and and one of them was the only tiny race that you're allowed to play which is um i don't know if you've seen episode nine of the sequel trilogy with yeah. that little guy babu frick who goes hey, hey. Mm -hmm. yeah that guy's awesome they're called anzalins and it was a playable race and i'm like nice i'm being that and by he was, sheer he was, coincidence he was the he was the best part of episode nine. He, he really was. And by <laughs> sheer coincidence, everybody else was a small character. So immediately we had this whole idea of like, we are going to uh, never trust anyone taller than four feet and only <laughs> fight for those who are small. Uh, and so what I ended up doing was I played a force user. I wanted to be like Yoda, but like evil and on steroids. So there was mm -hmm. a... A class kind of like the wizard. These spell points uh, in this are force points right, um, right. instead of slots. And uh, it's called the consular. And I, I took the the Sith way. So you use your charisma instead of your wisdom. Jedi's use wisdom. Uh, so it's kind of it, – it's very cool how they did yeah. that. But I chose a subclass that's focused purely on like telekinesis type stuff. Um, okay. Lifting big objects, uh, having empowered versions of telekinesis. Like they had that spell as like a force power, but it's way better. And then with my yeah. subclass, it's even better than better. Um, nice. I had a, a play, a thing I was going to do, and I was just waiting. I knew it was very situational and I knew I couldn't do it every combat. But when that combat happened, I was going to I was going to blow my DM's mind. 
with a combination of actions and bonus actions and, you know, all these weird powers, I could take something huge or smaller, mm-hmm. fling it up in the air, 90 feet, then as a bonus action, do it another 30 feet and extend that by 30 feet because of my subclass. What is that? 150 feet in the air yeah. and just let go. <laughs> nice. And just let it drop. So as long as it doesn't fly, it takes all that fall damage. And I'm just I'm just the little Babu Frick that goes, <laughs> farewell. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And you get to say something like, um, I don't know. Look at me. Judge me by my size. Do you? <laughs> I was uh, I had a voice changer. <laughs> Because oh, yeah. uh, we did it online. And so I was a Sith guy. So I had like a, a helmet and a cape. And I was like very dramatic, but very tiny. <laughs> and I called myself Obliax, the world render. And then I pitched that to be this little guy this saying, I will rule the galaxy. It was so good. Oh, oh. That's awesome. You're like uh, Brain from Pink, Pinky and the Brain. Kind of, yeah, yeah. He was, I, I, I he had a, uh, he was evil, but with purpose in yeah. that, um, I, I d- he didn't trust tall folks, uh, and in fact, the small should have dominion over the tall, uh, was like a phrase of his. But also, um, everyone on the team, you know, even though he was like evil, like, these were his minions, so he cared about them. So like, yeah. he was a good boss, uh, was his whole deal. Like, if anyone, nice. at one point, one of the other characters got like misgendered, and uh, he like force choked him, he's like, use the right gender and pronouns or whatever. <laughs> Uh, and <laughs> very, very interesting sort of twist yeah. on the sort of I want to rule the universe character, but uh, so that so that there will be order and peace, just like exactly. Anakin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, in his mind, I mean, he was dark side, but not Sith. He was like the Sith fucked it up. You know, they are all too yeah. selfish. I I care about everyone <laughs> as long as they follow me. <laughs> said said every dictator ever. Yes, yes. Very, very tongue in cheek, kind of knowing wink to the other players. And they were cool with it. So, yeah. Um, I want to ask what, if you could say, would be one of your favorite non blade singer, and I'll even go a step further, non monk builds. Tank, because I was like, oh. Okay, give me a monk build and then give me a non monk non blade singer. No, no, I'm no blade singer, no monk. Gosh, it's tough because I find what's funny is that, um, you know, when I first started the channel two and a half years ago, almost now, um, for a long time, like every single build that I did, I almost like, like was very fresh in my mind and I could sort of like recall it and recall like everything that I did to create it and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And after a while, it's like my brain got full or something. And now, like, I'll be, I mean, I'm, I'm recording two weeks before I release a video, right? So I'll be mm-hmm. recording a video, but I'm editing it and it's two weeks out. And then there's another one that's coming out in a few days, but I did that one two weeks ago. And... And you in the meantime, mind there's, there's <laughs> one in the middle. Yeah, exactly. And like, I can't even remember, like, oh, I have a video coming out on Tuesday. Like, couldn't even tell you what it is. It's like, right. uh, is, was it a bard? Is it a barbarian? I have no idea. Um, so yeah. So now kind of looking back on the 120, I think, um, I think, okay, I'll, I'll give two. One that's pretty typical and one that's weird. The, the fairly typical one that I'm, that I'm really itching to play and probably would have, um, 
played for for an upcoming campaign that I'm going to start, be starting with my friends this Tuesday that I'm really excited about. But but one of my friends decided they wanted to play a paladin, so I didn't want to have paladin too much too many paladins. Uh, it was it was called the Holy Warrior, and I, that's what I called it anyway. And it was a, it was mostly a devotion paladin with a zealot barbarian. And it was kind of just a straightforward, I hit stuff kind of character, but they hit stuff so hard, (laughs) (laughs) at least in the lab, right? (laughs) Um, And like the, 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 the goal, because every time I build a paladin on my channel, almost every time, it's always for burst damage or Nova damage. And for mm-hmm. anyone who might not be familiar with those terms, it's basically just a way of saying, okay, we're going to create a character who at the expense of lots and lots of resources that are limited in use, right? We're going to see how much damage we can do in one single round of combat, a, a go Nova, right? A big right. burst of damage with the intent to like totally take out one or maybe even multiple enemies to like swing the uh, tides of the battle in your favor, in your team's favor right at the beginning. And even if you're maybe not doing as much damage on rounds two and three and four and five and six, doesn't matter because you just took the odds from, you know, a 50-50 chance of winning this fight to a 70-30 in round one. And now you can just kind of sit back and, you know, poke stuff with your longsword and and you're fine. Um so anyway, I always do burst damage builds with paladins because Divine Smite is really, really strong and you can do lots of damage if you can hit lots of times in a combat and apply a Divine Smite on every single one. And that kind of always is my tendency. But I was like, you know what? For once, I just want to make a paladin that's focused on sustained damage, that they just do like good, consistent, high damage round after round without having to expend a lot of resources. And... um and so that's what I had came up with for that. And I mean, paladins, as a lot of veterans of D&D, I suppose, 5e anyway, would know is they're really powerful. Like they, 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 they kind of can do it all and do it all well, right? Heavy yeah, armor. Especially once, once they get level six and they get the aura yeah, of protection aura boost, of everybody protection, saves. Like, exactly. Like great defense, great support. Even just, even if all you have is lay on hands, that's, that's pretty potent, like support feature. You know, they've got great concentration spells, can do big burst damage. They can be pretty hard to kill. I mean, they just, they have a lot going for them. And, um, you know, I kind of thought if I could build a sustain, a really good sustained damage dealing paladin, then they would be like amazing at everything. Right. And so, yeah, that one, that one I'd really like to play. Cause I love paladins there. My, my two favorite archetypes would be like, like I've said, you know, sort of dexterous, high damage dealing, nimble, um, strikers, and then two would be kind of the, well, the holy warrior, I guess, like a tank, yeah. you know what I mean? That's like hard to kill, protects their allies. It's it's the dad in me, you know, it's like channeling all that dad energy. Right. Like, <laughs> I'm going to defend my, my family and nobody's going to get past me and I'm going to heal them and I'm going to, you know, take the beating for you kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And so that character I think would be just a juggernaut of a character. And and I really want to try him out. Um, But as far as like maybe for the next one shot, that's kind of weird and fun and quirky. um, 
I did one called the Ashardalon Strider or Greased Lightning. I think I called him. Yeah, because yes. a lot. Of, one of the most one of the most asked questions I was getting from people was like, "How fast could a character run if you built them like just with with all the move speed buffs you could possibly get or whatever?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, "I mean, I guess we could figure that out, but why? Like, there needs to be some sort of practical application. Oh, you can you can move three thousand feet on a turn. Okay, like." <laughs> Uh, and, you know, but then Fizban's uh, Treasury of Dragons came out and this spell, A on Stride, which told you that, you know, basically you just have to run past somebody and you can do damage to them. And I was like, okay, like that would be fun to build around. And now like having lots of move speed is suddenly valuable because if you can run past every single enemy on the battlefield and do damage to all of them and maybe a little extra damage by you know, making a couple of attacks against one, uh, one of those bad guys, well, then that could actually be potent. And yeah, so, so I did that and it it ended up just being so fun. And especially by the end, by the late game of that character, it would be especially good in like a, a one shot that was like a high level one shot. So like, I don't remember the level exactly 12, 13, 14, something like that, because you end up getting Tempest Cleric levels and you are a scribe's wizard, so you're transmuting um, the damage from fire to lightning. And then with Tempest Cleric, once you get Tempest Cleric 6, when they take lightning damage, you can push them. And so you so instead of instead of a trail of fire behind you as you're running with your Ashardalon stride, it's lightning now. And every single person that you run past, not only are you doing damage to them, but you can move them. And so you're like you're basically like rounding up. You're 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 like a, I don't know a like wrangler or a sheepdog. Yeah. yeah, but you're running around the battlefield in a circle and like pushing people in or moving them wherever you want to move them. You know what I mean? Get them all rounded up nice and tight for like your your friend's fireball spell or something like that. Yeah. Um, and it was just a fun image of like you running like Quicksilver in the X-Men movies and like you're just going so fast that people are like flying in slow motion behind you as you, you know, run past them and stuff. It'd be that, that's another one that would be really, really fun and might get old after a while. You know what I mean? Of just like, okay, I'm yeah. really fast. I've, I've done the how fast can I run build before with my friend yeah. Denaro. And we made two versions. We made the marathon runner and the sprinter. So, okay. like, uh, the I have it pulled up here because I was like, this sounds so <laughs> familiar. Marathon yeah. runner, we made, it was a centaur with 40 feet of movement. Get the mobile feet for an extra 10. Uh, mm-hmm. Get meta magic add up for extended spell. Um, then you do 15 levels of monk, five levels of blade singer wizard. The monk mm-hmm. gives you plus 25 feet and step of the wind. And then mm-hmm. uh, blade singers that. 10 feet from the blade song long strider gives you another 10 haste will double yeah. your speed and when you run out of haste you can expeditious retreat uh there you go and uh, the calculations we ended up doing was base speed was 95 feet uh so with haste on doubling that is 190 feet nice. and then in a single turn you could go 570 feet <laughs> using uh, dash using your step of the wind and using every every resource cetera, available yeah and there was there was the question of like yeah why would we need to do this i'm like well what if we wanted to do a race who would win between these two the other one was the tabaxi because yeah. of its yeah. natural ability mm-hmm. uh everyone gets mobile um and then we did 10 levels of monk with that then i we did two levels of fighter for accident action surge. action surge i was gonna say don't forget yeah. action surge 
three levels of sorcerer to grab extended spell. Uh, though honestly, we probably could have gotten away with uh, more levels of monk or something grabbed. Sure. Friggin' meta magic adept. Meta magic adept. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, with wizard, it was uh, blade singer again. And with that. We were you could run faster for a shorter time, but eventually that centaur would catch up to you because you'd be running out of steam. You have less right, resources. Right. <laughs> a lot of fun. I also made one that was uh how high can I jump? Let's jump as yeah. high as we possibly can with some really stupid multi-class. Yeah. And I did a one-shot that was funny enough about the Easter bunny. Uh so I was like, yeah, my guy was a heron gone. Yeah, well, no, it's before that even came out. So he was a, a oh, satyr, because okay. satyr can add to theirs. Um yeah. but it was like he idolizes the easter bunny he's like no one jumps better than the easter bunny i want to be just like him and then the big twist was he was the bad guy so he did his thing to jump like 85 feet in the air then just maneuvered his horns down and did a pile driving horn attack on it i'm like i'll take the damage i don't care (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, that's awesome yeah there's lots of fun that you can have with with all sorts of like gimmicks and rules and yeah it can it can it can make for fun characters. The question, yeah, sort of becomes how, how sustainably fun yes. are they? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think getting away from all the gimmicky stuff, I prefer to play characters that have a lot of different things they can do personally. Because mm-hmm. uh, I think if yes. I'm too focused on one thing with a character, I get bored with the character. Sure. Unless there's some sure. compelling story element that allows me to role play a lot. Yeah. Um, like my first long-term character was a fighter. It was cool. Uh, it was samurai before that had come out. He was a battle master, but like his whole yeah. vibe was he was a samurai. But I didn't put enough personality into the guy, and he was just a fighter. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of moments where I'm like, stuff. I can't do anything in this moment. I can't really even role yeah. play well. Yeah. I feel like that's on me. I should have built this character better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, there's definitely something to be said for like having versatility in in what you can do in combat i tend to have the most fun i've found um in dnd when i'm like doing lots of damage i guess i'm just kind of lame that way (laughs) um but i just i really have fun when i'm just like killing all of the bad guys (laughs) but that said yeah it feels good uh, um, a lot of the characters that I build, especially lately, I feel like I get, you know, I get people requesting like support builds and that's great, but, um, D and D thankfully, and this is something that I, I feel like I've talked about a lot on my channel is not like, you know, a world of Warcraft, right? It's not a, a, an online RPG where, you know, you've got a tank, you've got a healer and you've got damage and you have to be one of those three things. And you, you need all three of those things in order for, you know, right. your, your team to actually be able to do the content in the game uh, where the healer basically just stands at the back and just casts heal spells over and over again, primarily on the tank every once in a while to, you know, some other characters. And some people really like that play style, but I think more people don't than do. And so it's like, if I'm going to build a support character in D and D, especially like, I don't want to just build a character that kind of sits back and heals. Cause a D and D five E doesn't really work that way. Mechanically, you run out of spells. It's just not very efficient. Right. Yeah. Um, but B like, even if you could, 
and and I did once. I built a Twilight cleric, which is arguably overpowered. And you know, just to say, okay, like, what if you just wanted to be that character where you just sit back and just heal, just keep all of your allies topped off to the best of your ability? Well, you know what? If you play a Twilight cleric, maybe throw in some Stars Druid there, you could probably pull it off. Like, because those temporary hit points that you just get to give out every single turn are a little OP, and you know your heal spells can be super efficient when you pick up some Stars Druid abilities, et cetera, et cetera. And so that you know that was a fun experiment. But generally, the support characters that I play are like, okay, I want to be able to support effectively in game. I, I can throw out some heals if I need to. I can, I can protect my allies. I can buff them. But like, I want to do something else too, you know, like maybe right. a big round of burst damage or maybe, maybe a lot of control on the battlefield or, you know, something. So yeah, like so many characters that I do, the one that I just finished editing the video on, today actually that won't come out for a couple of weeks so here's an exclusive uh, preview <laughs> it was uh it was a um well it was an open hand monk crossed with a spores druid and you know they were built for high sustained damage but the reality is you end up by level 17 you're like 12 levels of druid so innately you're a great support character you know what i mean you've <laughs> right, got yeah you've got greater restoration you've got uh, you've got goodberry you've got all of you know the heal spells that they can get access to you've got revivify you you have some good buff and a lot of good utility too and so it's like look you might run out of key points cuz you only have 5 levels a monk but that's almost a good thing because it's like, hey, I got this thing that I can do and I'm hitting people and I'm knocking them into spike growth and I'm doing all this damage and then I run out of key points. And so on the next combat, you know what? I'm going to sit back and I'm going to cast Entangle to control those enemies over there and I'm going to, you know, heal my allies and I'm going to, you know, whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just just being able to kind of mix it up from combat to combat with a single character. There's there's a lot of value there, I think, to keep to keep the game and the character interesting and fun. Yeah, I uh, I always go into like a new game with the assumption that there is no homebrew and everything has to be by the book. So mm -hmm. having the videos that you make, um, along with other people who make the sort of optimized builds, is really helpful because it allows you to have you know things that just rules is written generally work. Sometimes yes. there's like things where you're like. Ask your DM if you can do this because yeah. it's even yeah. better. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. for the most part, uh, it's like a realistic look. And then if you're fortunate enough to have a DM that has like homebrew where um, I was talking to uh, the, the last podcast uh, guest, actually, um, he's all about homebrew. And he was like uh, talking about how he's uh, his videos are all about like homebrewing the classes that underperform to match mm. the ones that are already good so never mm. nerfing but always just lifting others up to be yeah yeah you know and uh he was talking about how like fighters should start with the fighting initiate feat so that they always have two maneuvers and a superiority die and then obviously mm. battle masters get that extra but they also get all of them so that's why they're the battle master but every yeah, yeah, fighter yeah. should have that i'm like yeah, you yeah, talk in sense. They should. <laughs> um, and uh, I don't know. Just if you're fortunate enough to have a home brewing type of person uh, DMing you, it can make uh, a character that would be that would feel one note feel a lot more versatile because they can right. help you do more. Um, right. But uh, if not, 
people should check out your channel because it's really helpful. <laughs> well, thanks. Yeah, no problem. Um, I think we're getting nearish. Yeah, nearish the end of uh, the show. So I like to close things out by asking if there is a particular story from one of your campaigns that you've been in that you remember fondly or well, something funny, cool, whatever uh, you would feel would be fun to share. Yeah, a favorite moment. Oh, there's so many, right? Um, <laughs> let's see. I'll share two quickly. Yeah, go for it. One, one was um, just a mechanical thing that I think is a good example of how, well, just like you said, like a good DM, I think a good DM's, one of a good DM's jobs or goals maybe should be, in my opinion, um, to like help their characters feel cool and powerful. Like I get, I get kind of annoyed. I have a little bit of a pet peeve of people that are like, Oh, like that, you know, this may work rules as written, but it's totally gimmicky. And I would never allow this at my table. <laughs> Why not? Like, <laughs> like it could be really fun and cool and, and interesting, you know? So, um, we were playing curse of Strahd and there was a moment in the game where uh, I was playing a paladin. They were an Oath of the Crown paladin, and they were definitely like a tanky dad vibe paladin, right? Where I was trying to protect all my allies. And Oath of the Crown paladins have one of their channel divinities. I can't remember what it's called, but but the flavor text of it makes it sound like it's a big, massive area of effect uh, taunt. I'm doing taunts in air quotes here. Basically, that that would encourage or force enemies that are affected by it to attack you and not anybody else an actual tanking and, ability yes but like when you actually read how the ability works it doesn't work like that the description's mm. like you let out a battle cry and all of your enemies like must you know like have to like in order to get your the enemies to attack you i don't remember what it says but then the, but then the actual mechanics are um you know, uh, they can't move more than 30 feet away from you. Like that's all it does. And I'm like, that's Oh so yeah. Oh, I'm going right. to, now, now that I'm saying that. it, I'm going to look it up because I've got it. I'm, I'm pulling it up now. Cause I also okay. want to read it. Uh, let's see. It's oath of the yeah. crown champion challenge as a bonus. action. You, you issue a challenge that compels other creatures to do battle with you. Each creature of your choice that you can see within 30 feet of you must make a wisdom saving throw on a failed save. A creature can't willingly move more than 30 feet away from you. And that's it. That's it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this effect like, ends um, if you're wait. incapacitated or die. <laughs> I thought you said that it compelled them to do battle with me. It's not compelling anybody yeah, to do anything. Ooh. Just not run away. So anyway, we're 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 having this moment in Strahd and and like the world is falling apart and my allies have all run and I was like, I will hold the line what so that you can escape kind of thing. <laughs> and I did that and I issued this champion challenge. And my DM to his credit was like, you know what? I'm going with it. Like I'm going with the flavor text. And he had all of like, there was like at this point, I don't even know, 15, 20 enemies, like all trying to attack me. Oh. And the vast majority of them were missing like every single time. Oh, that's and awesome. it felt so cool as my friends were able to get to safety. And I was like, Rah, and like nobody could kill me. And I just had this really, really cool moment of 
three or four rounds of just kind of surviving this gauntlet. Um, eventually, of course, they did, you know, manage to knock me unconscious and then it led to some really cool story moments. But things like that can be so memorable in the game that I, w- I would love to see more DMs. And I, yeah. I would hope, I guess, that DMs would be willing to kind of let their players have have a moment like that. Um, other than that, what was a Oh, it was just a story thing. So we were playing this homebrew campaign and to make a long story short, there were these two factions and they were kind of at war and they were trying to use us as tools against each other. And our party didn't really know who to trust. We kind of ended up siding with this one faction, but my character didn't feel good about it. And I was like, you know, you were both bad. I don't like having to, I'm, I was the witcher. I don't like having to choose between the lesser of two evils. Like they're both evil. No, like I don't mm-hmm. want to help either of you, you know? And so we got to this final showdown against like the boss of the other faction kind of thing. And we, as we were having this final battle, um, the faction that we were sided with showed up to like help us and including the leader of that other faction who I was like, "Mm, I don't like that we're working with these people, but whatever. We took out the bad faction and then the leader of the faction we were working with said or did something that was that just was like a jab to me in my conscience that he was not going to make the world a better place, essentially, that now there was this power vacuum that they were going to fill and it was just going to make the world like a worse place kind of thing. And so I kind of like had this moment and I rolled a die to see, cause I wasn't quite sure what would my character do here? I think I would attack this person, but like, <laughs> ooh, I'm going to like make all of my companions mad at me. Cause that's going to screw everything up. And we sort of agreed to work with this guy and all this stuff. And I rolled some sort of check on myself and failed the check. And I was like, I attack him. And everyone at the table was like, what? Like, no, like they're our ally. I'm like, I'm sorry, you guys, like this guy's a dirtbag and he's going to like destroy the world. And, and so my companions all joined in and we had this great moment. Well, what felt like a great moment to me, we defeated him, but then it kind of created this rift in our party. And, and to my friends, um, to my friend's credit, I think they played it really well. Like one of, one of my friends, his character and my character were really close. And he was like, Hey man, I got your back. A couple of the others were like, dude, like not cool, you know? And it kind of created this, this fun sort of dynamic and great story moment, um, that, that, that was sort of conflict for our characters, though, not necessarily, like for us in real right, life, right? Yeah. And it didn't create IRL conflict, but, but it made for a really great story moment that was super memorable. And eventually our characters kind of worked it all out. But yeah, I think, um, sometimes it's fun to kind of go off the rails a little bit with your character, just to throw a wrench in the works and see what happens. I mean, as long as you're not being, um, I mean, you know, as long as you're not, how can I say this? Like, actually like triggering antagonistic people and being, yeah yeah do you know what i mean like yeah like there's a definitely a, a fine line and a time and a place you want to be sensitive to to people and and you know avoid actually offending them um in I, real life I would, but I, I would give the piece of advice to folks out there that like if you want to play a character that isn't afraid to go against sort of what the party's doing, uh, make sure you know the players who are playing yes. that party. Like, make sure you understand 
um, you know, some people are prone to like bleed where like the real life stuff kind of creeps into the character stuff or vice versa. And so yeah, yeah, yeah. sometimes they're a little bit identifying too much with the character. They're like, I'm just sure. I need to step away. Um, yeah. If you have friends who kind of are prone to that, that might not be a good idea. So it's right. like you usually got to right. kind of know your audience here. And if you're mm-hmm. with people you don't know very well, better to play it safe. But if you do have folks that you trust, you got good chemistry with, and you try something like that, I think you're right. It could have a really big payoff as you're all like trying to like craft this communal collaboration together, you know? Story. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, well, thank you, Kobe, for so much for coming on the podcast. I was... Yeah. I was kind of worried you wouldn't uh, respond to my email. I like <laughs> sent it. I'm like, he's gonna be like, "Who's this guy?" I'm not going oh. on that thing. So I'm really glad that you uh, you proved me wrong. No, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, could you? I I can't believe I almost forgot. I wanted to ask, where can people find you? Uh, right. So on YouTube, um, the channel is called D Four D and D Deep Dive. Um, I think the handle is just like D D N D D D if I'm not mistaken. I, I looked it up today. It's yeah, it's D4 colon D ampersand D right. deep dive. Right, right. <laughs> um, so yeah, just, just Google it and, and, and you'll, you'll see my, my ugly mug on the thumbnail of every single one of those videos. Um, we also do have an actual play, uh, channel as well called tales of an area. If you don't have enough, like, you know, uh, watching other people play D and D in your, um, in your YouTube feed currently and are looking for more. That's always fun. Um, I do, I do make my show available as a podcast as well. Um, and it's, it's available pretty much on every podcast platform. So same thing, D4, D&D, Deep Dive. Um, you know, I get, I don't even know, I, I probably get a tenth of the listens as I do the views on YouTube, uh, which is fine for me because I actually, I don't make any money on the podcast. Yeah. But, but YouTube actually, you know, will pay you uh, ad, ad share, uh, ad revenue share. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I don't have a preference for how you how you watch or listen actually, but um yeah yeah uh, that's that's pretty much it folks go check out kobe on uh the deep dive for really cool fun and interesting build to help inspire you and get your creative juices flowing thank you once again for being on the podcast hey thanks sean appreciate it <laughs>